0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Signs, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope that you had a wonderful Christmas, because I guess Christmas is over. It's not over. I mean, it depends on how you approach it, right? Uh, whether it's celebrating it after it, which is, um, you know, continuing to afterwards, as my family does in our faith tradition, and, and many others do it the same way, but, you know, in a large part, it's kind of a line of demarcation, if you will, of a lot of things. And people okay, Christmas is beyond us. Let's move forward and this and that. But certainly a lot of elements of the season still around us, if you will. And, you know, people taking time off, spending time with family and friends. I went out to a movie last night that sort of had a Christmas theme to it. Well, not a theme, but it kind of was depicted at the beginning of it. There was some Christmas songs being sung in, in the background. And it just dawned on me, I haven't been to a movie around Christmas time at the theater in a long time, you know, and that's kind of a, you know, it's a thing that Americans do a lot. Uh, Texans, I, you know, I mean, the theater was sold out that I went to last night. Um, I think we got maybe the last couple of seats or it was pretty close to sold out. Anyway, the show is not a movie review show. Okay. We talk about the issues of faith, family and freedom as they relate to the courts, the legislature and the media. And sometimes we might talk about movies. You know, this is a great movie last year. Well, I guess it's still this year, excuse me, um, Unplanned, that came out about the pro-life story of the conversion, if you will, of Abby Johnson, who was an abortion Planned Parenthood clinic uh, director and worker, and she became pro-life. That movie, huge movie this year, one of the top grossing movies of the year, certainly of, um, you know, kind of an independent nature, if you can really call it that, but so, But I know there's a screening coming up that our friends at Central Texas Coalition of Life are doing. I'll try to get some more details for that. But a lot to talk about. I want to cover some good ground. Top 10 list, right? You know what? Message on Facebook what your top 10 or maybe your top three things were of the year. And, I mean, you know, if you could relate them to our work or some of the issues we work on. Like maybe what, what were the top three faith, family, and freedom stories of the year. Maybe we missed something, okay? Maybe you saw something we didn't do. We've got some people that crunch some numbers, okay? So ours is backed up with math, science. I don't know if you want to go that far. Uh, I mean, you can legitimately. There's a service that we use that crunched some numbers for us. We crunched some of them ourselves and found that the top stories as far as, you know, people engaging in media, social media, and so on, and and I'll get to that in a minute, okay? Um, Because I think that the next show we have is after the first of the year, and so this is the last show. I'm looking at my engineer here. This is the last show of 2019. The last Texas Values radio, excuse me, the Texas Values report. This is our last program of the year. Okay. And so, you know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes these things just kind of creep up on you. Right. And I mean, I know, like I was saying, we're after Christmas and all that, but I'm like, yeah, this is the last show of the year. Where did 2019 go? A lot of things happened this year. Okay. And we're going to cover some of that ground. Uh, I might talk about a couple of personal things. You you want to hear some of this, okay? If you're if you're not as interested in hearing about the top ten list, I'm gonna throw in maybe a couple of little personal anecdotal things you might want to hear uh, about my year, okay, and my family's year. But we'll see about that, okay? Because a lot of ground to cover of what happened this year. And look, there's a lot of work left to do on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. But there's certainly a lot to look back on here in the state of Texas. To be encouraged by, you know, and, and look, so let me step stop for a second. Let me jump back. All right. If you're new to the show, we, we're here every week on Facebook, um, in the studio. The show is taped and then runs on Saturday afternoon and then several other times. We've got great guests that have been on the show. Ted Cruz, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, Franklin Graham, pro-life leaders, David B. Wright. I mean, just the list goes on. Um, Todd Starnes, uh, Kevin Sorbo, the actor. I mean, just anyway, Dennis Prager, a lot of good stuff. So a lot of good reasons to watch, listen to the show. And if you're on Facebook and you're watching this on YouTube, there's a little button, a little subscribe button. All right. It's like a little bell that you click. Subscribe so anytime we post videos, you can get these updates for Texas Values. But we're the largest organization in the state of Texas that works on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. Speaking of that, that's kind of our tagline. If you, uh, It makes me think of our highlight video. Go to txvalues.org. If you don't get to watch or see all of this show or hear all this show, we've got a, like a seven-minute video. You can see kind of really a highlight of this year. And it doesn't include everything because we taped it in late October. But most of the good stuff. Okay. And so txvalues.org. Check our social media channels. Check out that video. I'm going to make a note of that. Make sure we're all updated um, on our website. But, you know, Christmas, I mean, I hope you had a great Christmas. I had a wonderful Christmas. And I was kind of just glad that I survived, if you will. And I don't want to, I probably shouldn't say that. But I, I was not feeling well, okay? And I didn't, I wasn't in the emergency room. I know some people had some difficult Christmases. So let me be sensitive to that. But I had a like a stomach bug that passed through me and my family, and I got it first, I guess, and it was brutal. And I was down for the count, okay, for at least 24 hours last week. But I weathered the storm and got to Christmas and was so glad because it's it is, you know, as the song says, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. And it and it's always been that way for me. And I'm sure many of you as well, but but certainly for myself. And so a lot of great time spent with family with friends. And I had some interruptions with the sickness, maybe you and your family too. I know some of that stuff's going around, but it allowed me for an opportunity to reflect on, you know what? I've been to all the parties. I've been to all the performances and they're still meaningful. Okay. Not to, to diminish them every year, but it did allow me to not do what sometimes we can do. We can get a little bluesy, right? Cause we miss some stuff and we're not there for this or that related Christmas. And then it starts to kind of take us down, you know, uh, an even sadder road. So I was like, I'm not going there. I'm You know, I was a little disappointed. I had to miss a few things, but I was like, I'm still here. I'm generally healthy. You know, my family, my kids are healthy. And that, um, it was a great reminder, but also a reminder of what Christmas is about. I mean, it is the ultimate gift. I mean, Jesus is our ultimate gift and, and and sort of a reminder, if you will, of what comes later, the price that he paid. And so that is something. It's so a gratitude. That's what I was thinking about a lot. Gratitude, being grateful. And I didn't even, you know, really think about, I mean, I bought gifts. I didn't think a lot about, well, is someone going to get me a gift or whatever. I really enjoyed some of those things. And so, and actually I, I picked up a little last minute sale. So I'm waiting for something to get delivered to my home. All right. Um, anyway, so I hope you had a great Christmas, though. And, you know, we talked a lot about Christmas the past two weeks because of the law that we have in the state of Texas that makes it clear that when it comes to Christmas, you can talk about those issues in public schools. You can have Christmas parties, all that. You know, we did have an incident come up on the last day that kids were in school in the San Antonio area. And so we're still trying to get some information on that. But it looked like a little bit of an overreaction related to a Christmas tree and a display that talked about God that's been up for several months at the school. So, uh, But if there were some things that we didn't hear about or we didn't catch or you didn't come aware of until after the kids had their parties and stuff and it still bothers you, you think the schools didn't handle it the right way and they weren't following the law on this issue, because we do have the Merry Christmas Law at MerryChristmasTexas.com, you can see that, please email us. Just because the season's over doesn't mean that there might not have been something that happened that we need to make sure doesn't happen again. All right. So let's get to the top ten list, okay? before we get halfway through this show and I just continue to hit you with a bunch of teasers. But, and we got a couple of different lists. We kind of circulated this around our office and we're kind of asking, you know, what do some of the people think in our office and what's our data telling us? So um, let me sort of start from the bottom, if you will, or top 10. And um, and really, if I, if I want to kind of go back in time, one of the biggest things that we did this year was when we came out strong at the beginning of the legislative session with the um, ban the Bible message, which was uh, opposing ban the Bible bills at the state legislature. Remember that? There was a state legislative session earlier this year, okay? I know it seems a while, but that started in January. And the opposition if you will, filed these bills that put sexual orientation and gender identity attempted to in state law. And, and, and one of them effectively would have banned your use of the Bible as a counselor in your private counseling sessions with a client. And so it was, it was that specific that you could only counsel in a way that would affirm lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender lifestyles. So if you wanted to take your child to see a counselor and say, my child is having questions about their sexual identity and preferences. We're a Christian family, and we want to work with our child and communicate with them that it's okay for them to live their life in a biblical and a pure way. And we'd love to pray with you and and show you in the Bible where it says that. You couldn't do that. Counselor could not engage in that conversation under one of these pieces of legislation. So, And there were many like this, and that has been the goal for some time. Look at California. They almost passed a law on this. Uh, earlier this year or last year, and so we came out strong. We were like, look, we are not waiting around to see if any of these bills move. We're going to get on top of them from the beginning, and a lot of opposing legislation is helped by coming up with a message that people can understand and that's easy to remember and that's, I don't want to say strategic, but but I, I think it's fair to say that. That works. That's probably the best way. A message that works and telling people to oppose, ban the Bible bills worked. And and, and what felt good about it was it was accurate. I mean, and it allowed people to understand it's gotten this bad. This is effectively what these pieces of legislation do and one in particular directly. So um, and we knew that the chances of those bills moving should have not been very good. But I've been around the legislature and legislative sessions long enough that you don't take anything for granted. Bills get passed in the middle of the night when people aren't looking and somebody sneaks something in. It was clear with the formation of an LGBT caucus that the left was going to try to find any way to move these pieces of legislation. And they were coming out much stronger and more organized than they had been in the past with close to 20 bills on these type of issues that were filed. So we sat down as a team and said... We're not waiting around. And there was a little bit of talk, and that's the thing, too. The media wasn't really talking about this bill. When we, when our side files a bill that seems to be like, whoa, that's a big deal, you'll a lot of times see whether whether they're being pushed to or they do it on their own. Media jumps, like, right on top of it, right? They want to label it. It's a bathroom bill. You know, they come up with some name or, or, or phrase as well that has a negative connotation, and all of a sudden, oh, it's a license to discriminate. They come up with this, <coughs> whether it's the media or their friends, or advocacy groups that, you know, typically get some favorable coverage with them. And the next thing you know, that's what everybody's calling it. And that's not what we call it, right? So that's oftentimes what we see. So we know how important it is to have a message that sticks and works. And we said, you know what? Why isn't the media talking about these bills? If we had filed something on the opposite side, and we actually, a friendly legislator had, and they were trying to already talk a lot about it. So... So we came out with our messaging, NoBibleBan.com. Stop, ban the Bible bills. And the media was like, what? Wait a minute. What are y'all doing? You know, very curious because we put out press releases. We did a lot of social media engagement. And, I mean, we came out strong, coordinated. We had a lot of other people using the same message. And you know what? It worked. You know how many of those ban the Bible bills moved out of committee? Zero. Zero. And last session, several of them had moved out of committee. So we knew that it wasn't far-fetched that they could have some movement. Dead on arrival. Now, a few of them did get hearings. And while we would not have given them hearings had we been chairs of those committees, let's make that clear, okay, for any chairman that are watching. But the fact that they were they got hearings allowed us an opportunity to message, and use a great exchange about this, too. If you go to our highlight video, check our social media channels, or go to TXValues.org. But uh, several of the members of our policy team had some really good back and forth and some good testimony on this. But that certainly is in the top ten list of our effort, the messaging, the whole effort on stopping the ban the Bible bills. And we stopped every single one of them. Okay? Do I hear an applause? You're out there, right? Somebody, you're out there kind of on social media. Somebody post me a little, little hand clap, okay, on the comment section. But... And look, I just want to say that, too, because this is I mean, we literally had like a war room meeting on this. And that's what we do. You know, we've got we've got a vacancy in our team right now, but we have 10 members that are part of our team. As a matter of fact, if you know people that are looking for work, we got a full time policy position because Nicole Hudgens moved forward and was given an offer that she could not refuse (laughs) to work in a very wonderful position in Washington, D.C. She still's not allowing me to say exactly what it is on social media, but, you know, maybe if you come by our office, I'll talk to you about it. But she's a part of the team, 10 members, and, you know, I'm really proud of all the work we did on that issue. But certainly top 10, that one, uh, that issue in the top 10. I'm looking at some of the other things that uh, I got from members of my team on this. Um, So let's talk about another top 10. I mean, man, it probably could be in the top five. Um, so I might have to hold on that and, um, and come back to you on this one. Um, let me check my list here. Uh, and I'm just checking our stats. All right. Um, let's see. Okay. So one of the stories that got a lot of attention um, I mean, really during this year, and I mean, once again, I'm probably going to save this other one for um, for our top five, um, and I get back to that. But um, you know, you look at these issues, and I'm like, man, all these could be like the number two or three. They were just so big, such a big deal. But certainly in the top ten, Wimberley, Texas. Who knows Wimberley, right? Fredericksburg, you kind of go out to the hill country, beautiful area. They got some great Christmas stuff out there, celebrations. They throw a wonderful 4th of July parade, Wimberley, some great stuff. Well, guess what? Somebody out there wanted a ban the Bible bill-like policy in the public schools, a sexual orientation, gender identity policy that would have forced these things into public schools. And you know what's interesting is most of the time when they vote on these issues in public schools, or excuse me, when they have these policies in public schools that will set up situations where they have to allow boys to use girls' bathrooms. They uh, will have more teaching on sexual orientation, gender identity issues, even in elementary school. Um, You can see kids starting, girls, uh, excuse me, boys being allowed to play on girls' sports. I mean, it really just opens up a whole lot of concerning things. So, but most of the time when these policies come about in public schools, they don't take a vote on it. And my opinion is because the school district people know if they have a public hearing and a vote, it's going to be packed and people are going to be upset and most of them are not going to support it. That's what we saw in Dripping Springs. And we see it almost any time they have hearings on this. So they usually don't even vote on it, which I don't I'm not sure is even legal. But here my point is in Wimberley, the issue came up. And who's paying attention in Wimberley? You know, I mean, it just is a little bit more of a rural area. And why is this happening there? There's a member on the school board that also tried to change, or or I forget what her role is in the school area, school district. She tried to change the logo in Wimberley to incorporate a rainbow flag around their official school logo. That got her into some trouble. So (coughs) when we found out, whoa, there's going to be a hearing and a vote. On this sexual orientation, gender identity, LGBT, ban the Bible bills type type policy, where well, we got to work. Mary Elizabeth Castle, who's one of our policy advisors, went out to the meeting and laid some, you know, drop the mic testimony on them because a lot of reasons why local school districts and governments have been doing having these sexual orientation, gender identity policies in the past is because the federal government was pushing these issues under Obama. They were rewriting administrative procedures and rules without congressional authority. They're changing the law without congressional authority. Okay. I'm not making this up. All right. And it's been concerning, but they just kept doing it, kept doing it. And people were like, well, what are you going to do? And then the courts started saying, well, there's this new administrative rule. Yeah, but it's not been written the right way. There's no congressional authority. There's no basis for it. They're just making it up on their own. Okay. They're, they're changing these things. So here's my point is in the past, These local governments could say, well, the federal government says we have to do this or the federal government's doing these things. So it's kind of, you know, the direction of we have to go. And I've even seen entities like the Texas Association of School Board, TASB. If you're involved in school district stuff, administrative stuff at all, be very aware and concerned about what any information you get from the Texas Association of School Boards, TASB. I do not trust their legal analysis. Uh, They're the ones I believe. That, you know, that led to a lawsuit against a Charlie Brown Christmas poster and Colleen, because of their advice is just it just as always leans in the direction of less freedom and rights, in my opinion. So a lot of times they push stuff out supporting these things. Well, guess what? The federal government's not saying that no more. Did I say that? Did I just say no more anymore? Okay. the federal government, there's a new sheriff in town. Okay. whatever, you know, President Trump wants to call himself. All right. There's a new president. There are new people in these administrative positions, and they're simply putting the law and administrative rules back to where they were before as consistent with congressional authority as it should be. So what does that mean? If Wimberley ISD or the Austin School District or the city of Mesquite, whoever, says, we're going to adopt this sexual orientation and gender identity policy. They no longer can say, well, this is what the federal government says we should do, or this is what the federal government did. And if they try to, they're lying. It's not true. The Department of Justice specifically has put out a memo saying, that is not our position anymore. Whatever Obama did, that's wrong, and it's not accurate. So that allowed us to come in and testify and say, we don't know why you're doing this, but you're out on an island by yourself. And if you're wrong, you're going to be on the wrong side of a lawsuit and you're going to lose because the state doesn't back you up and neither does the federal government. So I hope you have a lot of money to pay for lawyers on your own because you're not going to get it from the government. Okay, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure Mary Elizabeth was quite, you know, much more diplomatic in her remarks. But I also um, am quite confident it had a little bit of an edge to it, too, because we know what we're talking about. And this is not a game that's being played. This is real important stuff. And people's lives, and I think sometimes safety and privacy, is certainly um, at stake. All that to say, we won. Four to three, they voted down this ban the Bible, LGBT policy, and Wimberly ISD. Another hand clap. Come on. Somebody give me some comment section. Hit me on the comment section on Facebook. We're streaming live. Little, little applause, uh, virtual applause. So, uh, And I'm probably not even numbering these the right way. I'm just throwing out a couple... So let me not, um, you know, I guess this is it. This is our last show. I got to hit all 10 of them. I I don't know. Maybe I'm going to tease you a little bit. You got to go check out our Facebook Live next week to find out what number one is. Um, So, but uh, the other thing I want to throw in, and and I'm just going to throw this in, whether it's numbered the right way or not, before we run out of time, Um, one of the big things that happened this year, certainly in the top 10, is the policy conference that we had in the central Texas area. If you did not come to the faith family and freedom forum this year or last year, you got to make plans to come next year. When I travel around the state, that's one of the main things that I hear. Oh my gosh, I went to that, to your faith family and freedom forum, that policy conference you did. That was amazing. What a great event. It's a day and a half event. We had 40 speakers there Four zero. That's a lot of people to come on and off the stage We had someone from the Trump administration in the Department of Justice, a lawyer. We had a Texas Supreme Court judge. We had the first assistant attorney general of the state of Texas, Jeff Mateer. Um, We had Ted Cruz, our U.S. Senator. We had uh, Congressman Chip Roy. We had people like Tim Von Dolan, who founded and started the St. John Paul II Life Center. They're saving babies' lives. They're involved in amazing technology now with the University of Texas. So if you're a medical student, in the past, they would pressure you, the medical community would pressure you to learn how to do an abortion. I mean, it's just their protocol. You're a pro-lifer, what are you to do, right? A lot of times their lawsuits would come up and there was conflict and tension. Now, you can work with the St. John Paul II Life Center and the University of Texas for an alternative approach to all of this as a medical student and preserve your pro-life beliefs. Anyway... Tremendous speakers at this pro-life conference. Um, A a former abortion doctor. I mean, it was just, wow. Some really, really good stuff, along with with updates about policy work that happened over the year. And it was a day and a half, and it it, it didn't cost that much to go. We sold the event out. Largest crowd we've had. It was fantastic. Okay, so certainly in the top ten. Let me hit a couple of other things before I run out of time. All right? Chick-fil-A had to be, you know, just collectively— one of the biggest issues and stories of the year, without question, whether it was their store getting picked on and getting banned from the airport in San Antonio to um, there being a hearing on that in San Antonio and them not reversing to us having the save Chick-fil-A religious freedom law day at the Capitol, which was the largest social media moment of the year for our work. Uh, I'm going to check our stats, but it, it trended worldwide that day. On social media. I mean, I, you know, you just can't make this stuff up. But then we passed the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Law, which is not just about Chick-fil-A. It's a whole lot of stuff in there about how the government cannot punish you because of uh, donations you give or where you, um, where you work and, and all kinds of stuff. Then the law passes. There's a lawsuit on the issue in San Antonio because of the law we passed. It gave the ability to sue. And then Chick-fil-A flipped on us or whatever they did and stopped giving to Salvation Army after that was the subject of how they were targeted. I mean, I got to do like three shows on that, okay? Big story, but here's what was great about it. You did your part. We did our part. I cannot control what Chick-fil-A decided to do. And that in no way changes the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Law, okay? how? I mean, it's disappointing to say the least. But it does not change the religious freedom law that's now in place. SB 22, we banned abortion providers from contracting with the government. And as a a result of that, we kicked Planned Parenthood out of sex ed in Austin ISD. Did you hear me? In Austin ISD, the most liberal city in the state of Texas can no longer use Planned Parenthood as their sex ed provider. I need a big clap, okay, on social media for that. Please hit me with some comments. HB 16, the Born Alive Info Protection Act, passed with tremendous testimony. And we got the drag queen story hour with led by a drag queen kicked out of Leander Public School District. Last hand clap because we're running out of time. If this hasn't inspired you to support our work financially, I don't know what will. Let me tell you, friends, this is one of the best investments, if not the best investment, in the state of Texas on faith, family, and freedom. Our budget's over a million dollars. That means we still got a lot of money to raise before the end of December. And don't think you're alone. 25% of gifts come in on December 31st. So you can give on the last day. I'd I'd prefer you not wait. That way you don't forget. But it's okay if you do. Txvalues.org. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our donations are tax deductible. Give today to Texas Values at txvalues.org, and we'll see you next year on the Texas Values Report.